Tiny Brian here from Bluegrass Homefront off-season. Hope you guys are enjoying the beautiful weather and the the beautiful slow fading of Plague World. We are so looking forward. We're, we're, we're already kind of starting to get back out there and make some plans. So we are looking forward to seeing you back real soon. But in the meantime, have another bonus for you today. This is from all the way back, I believe in episode one of season two. We spoke with former state representative, founder of the nonprofit Hood to the Holler, and potential new uh, senator from the from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, Representative Charles Booker. Um, had a uh, fun conversation with him over Zoom in the when we were still kind of in the heart of Plague World. He was good enough to to Zoom with us for a while and. Uh, had a great conversation, had a, had a fun time, gave you a part of that in episode one. Going to go ahead, as we often do, and give you the full thing, and we hope you enjoy it. Here it is. We are so honored to be joined at this time with uh, Representative, uh, uh, until recently, uh, Representative Charles Booker of Louisville, of the West End. Uh, Representative, thanks for joining us here on Homefront. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We are so thrilled to have you. You've uh, you've definitely been one of our big newsmakers here in Kentucky this last year, and we think you've got a lot to a lot of things to share with our listeners, and we're glad you've joined us. Um, I wanted to start by talking about your background a little bit and where you come from. You're you're a native of the West End of Louisville, and I, I wanted yeah. I wondered if you could share with us what some of the the challenges and opportunities coming out of growing up in that part of the world. What were some of the challenges and opportunities that you faced? Absolutely. And um, as you mentioned at the, the top here, I, I am the former state representative for the 43rd district. And it has been such an honor, uh, the privilege of my life, short of being a dad, um, to be honest with you, to represent not only the 43rd district, but all of Kentucky. And um, within that district includes a lot of the West End of Louisville, mm-hmm. um, which is where I'm from. It also cuts through downtown, so the Central Business District and actually goes out to the eastern part of the county that pulls in some of the wealthiest and then the, some of the poorest where I'm from, zip codes in Jefferson County and, and honestly in the state. Um, the Russell neighborhood um, where I've lived the past few years um, has been one of the poorest zip codes in Kentucky. And you know, growing up in the West End, all my family um, is from here. Um, it was a lot of trauma but honestly, we didn't see it that way. You know, we never had a lot of money. Both my parents dropped out of high school. My dad dropped out to go to the army. Um, my mom dropped out to be mom number two because my family is so big. I'm one of, right now it's over 70 grandkids. Wow. I, I've given up on counting. I don't keep counting anymore. Um, my grandparents had their home open to foster care. Uh, so for over 40 years, uh, wow. and they adopted a lot, but they had 11 biologically. Wow. wow. So, it's, so it's a small city of us. And, <laughs> so you, you basically know, are crazy. the West End of Louisville, you're saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I ran for office, I had a, I had a ready-made base if, uh, of support. <laughs> That's for just sure. Rally and, support by just lighting, just firing up the barbecue grill and your base shall show up. <laughs> That's right. Just, just call my cousins. I'm yeah, telling you. Uh, but, you know, we, we saw a lot of struggle. Um you know, my mom and I went through a lot. Um, 
I often talk about being a type one diabetic mm-hmm. and I had the number of times I had to ration my insulin because we couldn't afford it. You know, she would work multiple jobs. She was so close to make money. She made all my clothes, but there were times the lights were cut off. Water was cut off. We didn't have air conditioning. Uh, we honestly, we didn't get central air until I was in college and I could help her get it. Wow. Um, wow. And, and you know, I, I share this story a lot and it means a lot to tell you now about I realized she was going without eating so that I could eat. And it just, it gave me such uh, an incredible amount of respect and love for her that it's the type of thing that people all over Kentucky know about. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've had industries. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that we've had industries leave jobs have left. The whole, whole communities have been abandoned. Our infrastructure is crap, and we can't get access to healthy food. There are a lot of dollar stores, mm-hmm. uh, but there aren't a lot of places to take my view on how we're fighting for regular Kentuckians, uh, like where I'm from and all over Kentucky. You know, it makes me think of uh, Dr. Carl Hurley, who was a professor at EKU. Uh, he was also a comedian, and he was talking about the Eastern Kentucky experience, and he said that when he was growing up, they weren't poor. They just didn't have any money. You know, that, that, that same right. sort of, we didn't have much, but we really didn't know it. That's the, that is sort of, that's a, mm-hmm. a common experience in Kentucky, if, if it seems to me. Certainly in my view. Well, you have, we each grew, o- you have each other. Yeah, and we grew up pretty poor where I, where right. I grew up, you know, up in, in Pike County. So similar sorts of things. Yeah, you got, you got family, you got faith, you got love, you got hard work. And what we didn't realize is how much we were getting robbed and screwed no. uh, <laughs> by, you know, a lot of these big big corporations, big politicians, but we were surviving. Oh, That's yeah. right. You know, and, and I Kentuckians feel that way. So you, you spoke pretty highly of Kentucky. Let's get your Kentucky bona fides out of the way here. You're a lifetime Louisville resident, Kentucky native, yeah. graduate of Louisville Male High School. Uh, you went to the University of Louisville. So you, you've stayed pretty consistently a Louisvillian and a Kentuckian your whole life. Now, I'm wondering, because one of the things you know about Kentucky is that there there's we lack some opportunities that maybe other places have. I just wonder yeah. if you've ever, if you ever considered maybe going to a different place, like maybe one of the, you know, go to a college in a different place or was there, was, did you, and did you, what made you decide to, to just stick strictly with Kentucky and not kind of venture out? Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that was really put in me growing up was a very deep love of home. You know, we take a lot of pride, in our block, in our neighborhood, and we're proud to be Kentuckians, you know. And so, um, my cousin is Winston Bennett. So he, you know, he played for UK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, brought some brought some championships back, and I applied to go to UK and U of L, and and U of L offered me a full scholarship. <laughs> so, so there you go. Um, mm-hmm. And so it gave so it gave me a chance to stay close to home, and I have a very tight knit family. But to your point. You know, there are a lot of opportunities that we get robbed from having. And, you know, when you come from the struggle, you don't have a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the world we don't get to see. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the biggest moments in my life, honestly, that shaped me as a leader uh, was during law school. I went to uh, U of L for law school because my first daughter was coming into the world. Right. And so, you know, building roots and building a foundation uh, was central to that. But every year during law school, I went to intern in D.C. Um, I, I interned for Congressman Gregory Meeks out of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on financial services. 
And, uh, you know, I was concerned about, you know, uh, the, the crashing of the economy during that time and poverty. This generation. What year was so this? What year were we talking about yeah, here, Representative? This was um, 2008 yep. through 2010. Oh. So, yeah, that's the, the economy was on everybody's mind in those days, to be yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So I went to I went to Washington to try to see, well, you know, what can I do to be a part of the solution here? And it was eye-opening. It was a whole different world, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to meet people from different backgrounds and tell my story and be proud as a Kentuckian, but build relationships and see that there are more opportunities. Uh, it just gave me this perspective when I came back home. We got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Every single person in this Commonwealth deserves a chance to surpass their dreams and to see how big and beautiful the world is and not be limited uh, well, by the struggles that we face. Yeah, that's part of what we're doing here. We, 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 we're we looking for Kentucky music and stories. And then the part we don't say is we want Kentucky music and stories that change the way you see Kentucky. So we feel like there's a lot to see here, and we're, we're pretty fond of it. Now, I can tell you... Well, hang on. Of course. Is he still there? I hope so. I wonder if he could hear that. Representative, are you with us? Hang on. You're you're with Oh there, there he we is. go. There we go. Sorry oh, about no. that. Sorry about that. Did you hear all that? The the I didn't. I no, didn't. it just oh, okay. cut out. He didn't so. hear any guns and roses. All right. <laughs> yeah, my the UK decided to call to try to confirm an appointment and it interrupted my iPad because I forgot to switch that off. Sorry about that. My apologies. We will cut that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so we were talking about Kentucky and the, the fact that there's a lot of opportunities that were missed here. And you've you're, well, part of your work is to try to increase those opportunities here. And we, we, we really, we, we definitely kind of feel that mission and, and are definitely in favor of it. But, and I want to talk a little bit about Louisville specifically because we, we both, we're actually, we went to the same high school. So we grew up in very much the same circumstances, uh, very in the far eastern part of eastern Kentucky, like way over in Pike County. It's like literally the holler that I grew up on, and I did grow up in a holler. If you went over the hill, you were in Virginia. That's how far east we grew up. So... And so back then, Louisville was like a six-hour car ride, so it was just like the other side of the planet. Yeah, long way. Yeah, it was a long way. So, you know, and I didn't really make it to Louisville and know anything about it till I was in high school, and I was amazed that this big town existed in Kentucky anywhere. So, But I was yeah. wondering what – so I thought I would flip that over on its head and ask you what your – first impression and where you kind of got your first look at the mountains came from, from, from that look at Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that to hear you, you know, talk about your experience and how far away Louisville felt. And cause it's funny cause being in Louisville um, and being in the, on the West side of the ninth street divide is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like we're in a whole different city. Like the the eastern part of Louisville could just might as well be in another state. Um, okay. It's totally different. I've always said after my first experience going out east uh, and, and traveling across Kentucky mm-hmm. um, was that we have much more in common with Appalachia than we do the rest of Louisville. Oh, um, it's, it it really is a whole different experience, and and it was important for me to tell that story in Frankfort 
because what you just said is so true. And a lot of people don't realize what we're dealing with in Louisville and the common bonds we have coming from the West End. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first experience going to Eastern Kentucky and really getting out into the state uh, was when I became a director of Fish and Wildlife. Oh, really? Uh, it, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was director of administrative services. Uh, so I was over all the trainings. Um, so I had to travel the state to do all the, the ethics trainings. I handled all the EEO claims. So um, anyone was having an issue on the job, I would go meet with them, help them deal with those. I signed all the paychecks, uh, you know, and so I had wow. to travel Kentucky. Yeah, and, and I went in a lot of places. It was my first time and I would walk in rooms and nobody else looked like I did. Nope. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that really inspired me out of that experience, because of course, you know, as a statewide department, which is really in a lot of ways because it creates its own revenue, it stands alone in a lot of ways. Well, there was some um, controversy it, this year about last year about that because of the emergency, wasn't there? Like, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's been an ongoing thing for years because Fish and Wildlife has its own revenue stream from license sales, mm-hmm. and we have you know the commission, so we have a governing structure and how that interfaces with the rest of the, the state budget has been an issue, you know, going back some time, hmm. but. Um, I, I had to go into rooms, you know, over some tense issues, uh, personnel stuff that I, I can't share here. And, sure. and I would sit down and tell my story and say, look, I don't expect you to trust me. Let me tell you who I am. And I talk about growing up in the West End and some of the things I've experienced and, you know, and, and dealing with the fact that I've had cousins murdered the last few years and, and what that meant to me and how protecting my family and, and just being safe and how I love Kentucky and how my family loved fish and all of that. And we would always see how much we have in common. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and man, that it just gave me a hope that drives me to this day that we're fighting so many of the same battles. And I'll tell you, Kentucky is one of the most beautiful places. I'll say it's the most beautiful place on the planet, especially if you're starting, you know, you're looking at the mountains when it's going fall and you've seen those colors change. Oh man, it's something, isn't it? Man, it's wonderful. Oh yeah, I used to have- There is nothing like it. I have an, I literally have an aunt representative who we would come home at night in October and she would just be there. Like she wouldn't. And this was she came from Florida. This was a 12 hour trip. She had just decided she wanted to see the colors. We'd come home from like some basketball game or something and their van would be in the driveway like, hey, I just came to see the colors. Yeah. It's like, OK. So what ways do you think uh people from the West End and maybe people like us from Eastern Kentucky could help each other, like moving on into the future? You know, um, a lot of what I'm trying to do with Hood to the Holler, which I got I to make sure you all get some, some goodies. Yeah, we need uh, some We need some swag to be oh, sure. Yeah. I so, love yeah, that so hoodie. I'm saying it on the show. We, we, we got you. We got you covered. Uh, one of the things I'm trying to do here and really the story I was trying to lift up in my run for Senate is that we are fighting so many of the same battles. And Absolutely. if we fight together, we can win together. Mm-hmm. And, and when we start to see that the majority of the things that we're concerned about lie in the hands of very few people that don't care whether we live or die, mm-hmm. and we say, okay, we're going to take our power back. We're going to run for office. We're... And, and I think one of the most important things we can do is continue to lift this truth up because once we shine a light on this fact, like, you know, you probably know somebody that's dealt with diabetes and... Uh- 
and you probably know how expensive it can be. And when I tell my story, like, well, look, if, if we're both fighting this same thing, let's help get these costs lower. Mm-hmm. That's something we can definitely agree on. And, and I was able to get a bill passed in the legislature um, with a representative Danny Bentley. I call him my brother. I, I even say we look alike at this point. Uh, he's a greener. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're both type ones. And we sat beside each other in the house and we would give each other snacks, you know, in case our, our levels were dropping. And we both worked together on a bill to make sure that if someone runs out of insulin, they can get an emergency refill um, so they don't have to go over the holidays or go over the weekend or what have you without that life-saving medication. We can do it. We just have to speak this truth and show up. We don't show up a lot of times. We just sort of stay in our corners. And I'm done with that. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to put my arms around you. We're going to do some work together. We definitely need more of that. And it is. You're right. It's definitely the easy way to just stay in your corner, stay in your lane, and and not try to reach out to to somebody else. But it's time. We can't just keep doing this. We can't stay in our silos. we got to get out. Yeah. So wanted to turn to a, a little bit more of a difficult topic as as we're moving forward here, but because it's 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 been nearly a year since the murder of Breonna Taylor, and this is a podcast yeah. we have said her name multiple times in this space because we we do think that that was a murder and that was, and it's been nearly six months since the grand jury wasn't even given an option to indict her. Not that not that they didn't indict her; they were not even given the option. Of of course, you know, you don't need me to right. tell you. Um, I wondered if you would share some of what you've learned about, about Brianna, the person with us, because I know you've, you've had a chance to meet with her family and and people in her life. So I wondered if you'd share some of her, share a little bit about her as a person with us. Yeah, sure. And, and thank you for saying that and, and, and seeing it, you know, when, when her door was kicked in, all of our doors were kicked in. Absolutely. You know, she was in her home you know, in her sanctuary where she should have the liberty and the freedom to be able to sleep in a bed. In the <laughs> middle of the night. In, in the middle of the night. And and certainly to have the confidence that the agency she pays for to protect and serve her that we pay for, mm-hmm. it's not going to kick our door in and kill us. Um, I think that cuts across party. It cuts across geography. I think everybody can envision being in their home and the door being busted in. And then you're seeing the light from a firearm before you know it, your loved one's gone, mm-hmm. and it was the police that did it. I think that you know is something that'll piss everybody off. Oh, and yeah. and you know one of the things that I learned about Brianna. Well, first of all, I I had connections to Brianna um, before all this. I'm a little bit older than her, mm-hmm. um, but she was really good friends with my cousin TJ. I talk about TJ a lot. Uh, I talk about him a lot in the legislature. Um, uh, my cousin TJ was murdered on Easter Sunday in 2016. Mm. Um, and it, as traumatic as that was, she, she was there for him and they were really good friends. And, you know, when we were, um, saying our goodbyes to him, she was there too. And so I always knew of her. And the thing that I learned most out of last year was just how much she loved people. The way that she was there for TJ wasn't unique that's how she treated folks. She wanted to be there for folks. She wanted to stand up for people. She was, uh, she was nurturing. She always looked out for folks around her. Uh, she loved to have a good time. She was always uh, having a big smile on her face. Um, she had dreams. You know, she, she wanted to be in the medical field. Um, she wanted to help save lives. And um, 
you know, she was, she came from the struggle. Um, a lot of her family did, but she didn't let that limit what she thought she could do or be. And I think lifting her life up in a way to say, not only should we honor her by standing up for Brianna's law, which I know uh, you want to talk about, but oh, absolutely, yeah. we're honoring ourselves. We're right. standing up for ourselves when we when we fight for justice for her. And so um, that's why I continue to do it. And um, I, I miss her, but I'm grateful for her legacy because we're all in it. Mm-hmm. So I know that this has been these sections of the questions was was some of the things that I took our most time kind of writing because it seems like it would be easy to just ask the you know how did you feel about this and you know I feel frustrated and I know you've been asked the, those sorts of questions a lot so and I know you're a leader as a leader in in the community from which she came how do you deal with this with this level of ongoing frustration how do you deal with the fact that yeah. that you know Every, if you look on a national level, it's every few days something else happens that that would be frustrating and feels like a setback and, and feels like you just got to keep struggling. And how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that frustration? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, man, my, my faith is really what helps to keep me grounded and, and keep me from losing, losing my, my hope, mm-hmm. uh, my faith and, and then my family. You know, so I have I have two girls, um, Kaylin and Preston. Those are my bosses, seventh grader, preschooler, and and they saved my life. You know, they helped yeah. me see what love means in a different type of way. You know, I, now I understand how my mom looks at me. Yeah, yeah. Why my why my dad would always protect me the way he did. You know, and so when I when I see those tough times, I think about what keeps me going. Absolutely. And 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 another one of those big factors is really I. I'm proud of Kentucky. And and I know you feel this. Like when you come from a place where a lot of people want to disrespect it or a lot of people don't understand, are they outside mm-hmm. looking in and judging? You get a sense of, wait a minute, I'm going to defend my home. You know, I'm, I'm going to stand up for my, my people, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I see all of Kentucky. I think as a Commonwealth, we have a little bit of that, uh, you know, that sense of, wait a minute, y'all don't see us for who we really are. Absolutely. You, mm-hmm. you, dis- you disrespect us. You well, know, I- and, one of my favorite things to say is there's not a – for Kentucky sports specifically, and it definitely applies more broadly to Kentucky generally, is there's no Kentucky sports story that doesn't involve someone disrespecting Kentucky. Like, yeah. you know, the national yeah. media, if they're talking about us, if we're doing real well, which of course we're not, but if when in years when we're doing real well, they've still got to find something to kind of disrespect before they even talk about whether or not we're doing well, if, you, if that yeah. makes sense. And it seems it's like way, Kentucky is always that way, more broadly. And it, it doesn't help that we have leadership that give them a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah, but you no know, kidding. But we know what it looks like on the ground. We see people that take care of one another, that are working hard, busting their butt to take care of their family, and, and you know, and, and doing everything they can to be a good citizen. And you know, I, we know what Kentucky's really about. You and, know, and that inspires me to keep fighting too, because you know, you, I was taught to stand up for family. Yeah, and I'm gonna always do that. One of those fine Kentuckians that you're talking about that you see out there living it is uh, your friend and fellow West Ender Attica, Representative Attica Scott. And she is, spe- as we're continuing to talk about Breonna Taylor, she has introduced Breonna's law in the legislature this session. And I know that yeah. you've spoken publicly about that previously. I wonder if you would just uh, give us, you know, tell us what, give us your thoughts on how that's going to make Kentucky safer if we can get that enacted. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, during the summer, um, Representative Scott and I are carpool buddies. Mm-hmm. So we'd ride, to, we'd ride to Frankfurt together. We sort of tag team on, on a lot of bills. And I was working on a draft for uh, Brianna's Law, which is essentially addressing no-knock warrants. Mm-hmm. And and saying that you, law enforcement, we want to keep law enforcement safe, too. Let's be clear about that. Um, law enforcement should not be kicking anybody's door in unannounced, especially when, if you're dealing with a situation where you have a right to protect your home. Mm-hmm. It's going to put them in danger. Mm-hmm. It's putting the people in the homes in danger. It it just it makes no sense. And, and what happened to Brianna was like the worst of that, you know. And so, um, she was going to continue that that fight since my term is ended. Right. And um, I wanted to support her. And in Hood to the Holler, um, our organization is focused on lifting up issues, lifting up the voices of Kentuckians first of all, but lifting up issues in a way that can show how we can come together on our common bonds, uh, so that we can redefine what our politics look like in the state. And Brianna's Law is one of those examples where when you think about it, don't just think about Brianna. No. Think about your own home, you know, your own children, you know, your own loved ones. And, and the and law have, enforcement personnel who are, you know, yeah, legitimately and, and out there trying to, you know, get things taken care of and trying to break into a place unannounced at two in the morning. Well yeah, yeah. Think about think about your loved ones in uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and so we had an action on Sunday mm-hmm. asking folks all over Kentucky to send messages to legislators on the Judiciary Committee who would be hearing this bill, asking them to support this legislation. And, man, we got over 3,000 folks to send a message on Sunday. And that's just in Kentucky, all, right? All, yeah, so we had we had like 2,700 from Kentucky and another five 600 more nationally. Because uh, there's a lot of national support for what we're doing. Oh, sure, yeah. But there were, but we had folks from every single congressional district, every corner of the Commonwealth. Um, at this point, we at last time I checked, we had 110 of 120 counties. Folks were sending messages. And I'm pretty sure we got 120 by now. Mm. And it just goes to show you that we can come together and fight on things and push for change um, together. So it gives me hope. I, I think that bill is just the start of make sure people really have public safety and, and um, there's more we need to do, but it is a good step of accountability and we need to get it passed. Absolutely. So uh, what's your thoughts on uh, what's on the current legislative agenda right now? Just the session in general. Man, yeah. uh, I don't know how much time you got. Uh, we got all the time you got. You're, you're the limiting factor here, yeah. Representative. We're here until <laughs> you true. say you're done. How much time I have. Uh, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll say because we have a whole show on, on just that. What we've seen so far and how leadership has looked to quickly move bills through where the people of Kentucky don't even get a chance to really take them in and understand what they mean, that's not democracy. It's not. No. That, that's not good government. You know, and and while, while I was in the legislature, whenever they would bring a bill up that we didn't get a chance to read and... Kentuckians didn't get a, didn't get a chance to vet. I wouldn't vote for it. I'd vote no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, I don't, even if it was a good bill, it's like, look, you cannot do that to the people of Kentucky. Um, and I think we're seeing that be exacerbated now. And you know, there's concerns about protecting our teachers, and um, you know, there's a lot of politics around how we're managing COVID and, and what in the the roles and the, the ability of the governor 
um, in this moment. And, you know, I, you, I feel you just like got to get some flavor. I feel like that stuff with the governor is a lot of waste of time. It's like, can we worry about it, something that's important here? That's, we. I think the governor's done a pretty good job, you know, and uh, it, that's not the issue yeah. right now. We need to take steps forward. Right. No, that, that's exactly right. I mean, it's obvious that it's political, mm-hmm. um, you know, because when he was when he was suggesting that businesses should be closed, he was getting criticized, and then when he was opening them. He was getting criticized, and well, yeah. all of us want to see our economy get on its feet and do way better than it was doing before the pandemic. Yeah, um, it's amazing right. that there are people out there who who actually think like Governor Bashir wants businesses closed for some reason. Like yeah. it's just some sort of weird power trip for him. Like I've shuttered yeah. all the movie theaters. <laughs> it's just silly. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> it's, B, it's BS, man. It's, yeah. I'll, I don't know if you t- if, if folks cuss on your show, but it's BS. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll take BS. Don't you worry about it. All so right. okay. since we have sullied this conversation by talking politics, I guess we ought to talk a little more politics and maybe talk about the the national scene since we we do live in a country here, and it's been a remarkable three months, and it's been a, a scary three months, but it's also been remarkable, especially when you look at Georgia specifically. I think a, a nice a microcosm for an optimistic future can be found in Georgia. First, they, they voted for George Bi- George Biden. I don't know who that is. Nope. Joe Biden. Uh, and apparently he, he won that state like 18 times. And then we had the runoff election and not one but two Democrats flipped the Senate seats in Georgia, including uh, electing new Senator Reverend, uh, uh, Reverend Warnock, who is the first African-American uh, senator from Georgia ever. Yeah. So and you know a lot of a lot of that can be uh, a lot of bl- a lot of uh, praise for that can go to uh, oh my goodness Stacey Abrams. Sta- Stacey Abrams thank you I yeah uh, so Abrams I went completely blank there and you know you watch that and you really it's hard to watch that and not want something like that for Kentucky do you think such yeah. a transformation like that is possible here in Kentucky us it's already happening man and and. You know, one of the things, too, I often I make clear that, you know, what we saw in Georgia, one, is not a fluke. Mm-hmm. Um, two, a lot of Kentuckians were helping. In oh, Georgia. yeah. And, and I, and I want to give a lot of credit, um, you know, with our org, just on our own. But a lot of folks were helping. You know, we were sending hundreds of volunteers, uh, sent tens of thousands of dollars down there for rides to the polls, um, helping people uh, sign up and make sure they were registered. Uh, you know, doing doing events and just showing uh, brother and sisterhood. Of course, for Kentucky, it's unfortunate that we would want to have the majority leader stripped of his power. You should want. Yeah, we should want Kentucky to senator to be more powerful. But you should, you yeah. should. But he's been using it to cripple us. And oh, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's happening here. And I, I'll tell you what we helped to shine a light on in my own run. That was just a glimpse of what we can do if we come together. We big money on either side, you know, corrupt politicians on either side. We can take our our Commonwealth back. We can take our future back. And Hood to the Holler is just another example of what we can do. We're telling a new story. That's why I'm grateful for your platform. We're speaking the truth about what what Appalachia and Kentucky is all about. And the more we do that, this coalition will build. The momentum will build. And we're, we're going to win some seats, too. 
Absolutely. You know, uh, pretty famously, we haven't really fully addressed it in this interview because there's just so much to talk about. But you did run for Senate for McConnell for Mitch McConnell's seat last year. Uh, famously in the primary against Amy McGrath, came super close. Mm -hmm. You were, uh, uh, full disclosure, you were my first political contribution in about 15 years. So uh, I actually wow. did contribute to that and uh, had, frankly, had you had you managed to pull it out against the retired colonel, the first season of this podcast wouldn't have happened because I would have showed up at wherever your office was in Louisville and just decided I worked there and, and would have just kind of helped until somebody <laughs> decided to actually make it official because I, 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 I please let me come help talk to the mountain people. <laughs> yeah, that was, I, that was the notion. I told Brian, I was like, we got to make sure you understand that we both speak, speak fluent hillbilly. Yeah, we are. We are. So, we, we have fluent hillbilly accents. We just keep them tucked away most of the time when we're in Lexington. So, well, well, I'm going to stay close to you. So and, we, 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 I can't thank you enough, man. But uh, we do know that Senator Rand Paul, he, he's been in his seat two terms now, and uh, he's up for re-election in uh, 2022. And we yeah. wonder if you are if you have any interest in the, that seat. I can tell you every time he puts something ridiculous on Facebook, which is about five times a day, <laughs> I have a little habit of I'll just open it up. I won't, re I, I won't look at the other comments, but I'll hit a little comment, and I'll just put in there, hashtag Booker2022. So uh, that that every time he does it, I just want to give him a little reminder that there's a potential of somebody out there who I think might give him some trouble. So I'm just wondering personally if you have any interest in the seat and and maybe you'd like to make a little news and make a little announcement with us right here. Would you like to break some news with us here on the podcast, Representative Booker? Well, since you've asked, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for your faith in me, man. I, I'm going to keep earning that. Um, I know this stuff is not about me. Um, I don't, I never thought I'd be in politics. Like I don't come from this stuff. And, and I know I don't need a title. I just want to take care of my family. I want Kentucky to be better because I love this place that much. Mm. And, um, you know, running against Mitch McConnell was really, um, an inspiring journey for me, um, to be able to see my faith in our Commonwealth, um, in action, mm -hmm. you know, people that, had never voted before or had been disenfranchised and got the rights back with that executive order that I was fighting for mm. or folks that, you know, just never thought this stuff mattered, took a chance. And we can't put that on the shelf, man. And so um, I can't break all news now, but I will say that I'm absolutely evaluating 22 because we have two terrible senators and they both need to go and um, our work isn't done. So uh, I will promise you though, I'll come back on this show and make any announcement should there be one. But stay tuned, and you can keep right. using that hashtag. I'm, I'm humble about it. it. It's good to hear that you still have your aspirations, and, and, and we have that commitment on tape. We 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 will be uh, we will have you back. I got so you. I got you. All right. Well, we've kept you over to long enough. We really appreciate you, Representative. Thanks so much for 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 agreeing to talk to us today. 